0: Hello, my friends welcome back to cloud wars live this is the uh, podcast where we are exploring the rise of chat gpt and how it's going to take over the world and we want to know if you're prepared for that and how you're prepared and uh you know how quickly you feel that this uh, Chad gpt revolution will change everything in our lives maybe i'm talking a little bit uh exaggeratedly there maybe not we're going to see And to help us think about this and what it means as far as uh, leadership and vision and strategy are concerned, is our good friend, Christian Anschutz. Christian, it's great to see you. Uh, It's great to be here, as always, and nice to see you, Bob. And folks, uh, I think most of you know Christian, for those who don't, he has uh, been a CIO, a CDO. He's an entrepreneur, a builder, an investor, a thinker, a... uh, Scholar in residence at the uh, business school at the University of North Carolina, and uh, also no longer active, but a captain in the United States Marine Corps. So, Chris and I pushed those things to afterward because I think you get embarrassed before if I say them before, and then you have to come on and say hello.
1: Uh, well, thank you for the kind uh, introduction. I appreciate it.
0: Certainly. So, Christian, you've uh, you are a keen observer of leaders and leadership, and their uh, both their ability to set the agenda for what's coming, and when it's appropriate to react to circumstances taking place around us, and certainly in like uh, you know, two months. Uh, I was kidding some up front about ChatGPT, but gosh, this has been one of the biggest, hardest hitting new things in quite some time and the repercussions of it are pretty big. And I think it, you know, it appeals to people on a, a, a personal basis, right? somewhat because, uh, you know, there's still this thing about AI and the Spectre robots, you know, taking over and, uh, and all that. But even the sci-fi stuff aside, there are some massive implications for the way this can change. You know, what we do, how we do it and what businesses do, what they're threatened by or more important, I think new opportunities that can be created from those. And I know you've got some thoughts on that as it relates at least to one company, but probably by extension to, you know, many, many or perhaps most companies.
1: You know, it's it it's it's interesting, Bob, because we see um, when we see something hit the market that Seems like it could be about to change something significant, like impact industries. And this has been going on for a long time that we we see the introduction of, say, I don't know, it could be uh, uh, practical and uh, sort of commercializable, if you will, uh, EVs as an example. You know, did the did the other automotive manufacturers, uh, you know, decide, hey, this hybrid thing isn't really working? No, some of them are still even double downing on that. And I'm I'm not questioning those. Um, uh, th- th- those strategies necessarily, but we often fail as leaders to really acknowledge these threats. And, um, uh, as a result, because we don't acknowledge them soon enough, we then get caught flat footed by them. Right. I mean, there's one thing to prepare for the coming storm, yeah. there, uh, you know, days in advance stock up on food, maybe it's stock up on toilet, toilet paper, depending on the kind of storm. Um, but there's a, uh, uh, it's one thing to prepare in advance, and it's another thing to all of a sudden, you know, look up and there's, uh, you know, a big storm headed towards you, and you're going to get snowed in, and you're, you know, you're you're going to go hungry because you can't get out. And I, and far too often, companies fall into this ladder model. They don't prepare enough uh, because they don't acknowledge the threat as a threat. That's it. They don't see it as a threat. Now, I say that in the in the context of what we're talking about here. Look, you would have to be living under a rock to uh, not believe that artificial intelligence and some manifestation is going to change everything. And behind the scenes, it's already changing stuff. And I use the term pretty loosely, artificial intelligence. Let's be clear about that. Anybody wants to get too specific. I mean, even things like machine learning and NLP are kind of exaggerated, but the idea that we have these advanced automation techniques and capabilities with algorithms that learn these are already changing things in the background. Now enter chat GPT. Uh, if you haven't used it, you should. Full stop. If you're a, if you're a business professional or a student, <laughs> we'll, maybe we'll talk yep. about that. Yep. Uh, if you're a student, don't use it, please. Okay? <laughs> because it'll write a darn good paper for you, depending <laughs> on the subject. Um, there's a, a a company that has looked at this, though, and said, this is a threat. In fact, this is a potential existential threat. Mm-hmm. And that company is Google mm-hmm. Alphabet. So much so that the CEO has sound the klaxon and said, look, this is a, a, an instantiation of something that could destroy the biggest part of our business and our business model. Let I me mean, think about it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of obvious in the sense that we, when you want to find... Um, the best television to buy. I, I put that in a Google search. I don't know where that came from, Bob. I sorry, I apologize for the simple example. Maybe it works. Sure. Best TV to buy, and Google will come back and and then you trust that it gives you the most relevant search replies up front, and then you click in them, and then you have to read them, you have to dissect them, and you're like, well. It's this is a good TV, but it's not really meant for wall mounting because I need to mount it on my wall. And this link talks about wall mount TVs, but they're not the really large ones, the kind I like, etc. cetera. And so you you have to look through the links, et cetera. But chat GPT is a little bit different. Now, I don't know if it works with this TV example, but instead you say, tell me the best television that would work for a 10 by 10 room that's 75 inches flat screen with this this kind of remote this whether it's smart or not and do it in less than 200 words and then all of a sudden now it doesn't give you a bunch of links it gives you an answer Mm -hmm. but what's even more cool about this is that you can interact with it so now you've got your answer and you're like you know what i kind of forgot that i'm really really partial to uh I don't know. I don't. TVs were a bad example for me, but I'm really uh, partial to uh, uh, things that have like embedded recording devices. Yeah. Now you interact with it and it continues to refine. And, and that's why you call it chat, right? And there's other things emerging that are even more awesome than Chat GPT. It's not just Chat GPT, that's just kind of like the big buzz, but it's really, really fascinating. And what I respect so much is that a company that is sitting high, I mean, Google's doing really, really well. Recent layoffs or pending layoffs uh, aside, it's a really great company. But they look and they said, "This is a major threat. Let's act now before it starts to really hurt us." I love that. I love that, Bob. It is great leadership. It is great acumen, and it is the reason why it's a great company. Candidly,
0: hey, Christian, you know, I I, I certainly uh, you know agree with your your conclusions there. I think the other side of that is uh it's a lesson for everybody because you could look at this and say if if somebody wanted to list the top 5 or you know even 10 companies in the world as far as their their investments in and expertise around the fields of ai machine learning and you know all of its related uh Components there, Google Alphabet would have to be, you know, certainly in the top 10, maybe the top five. Yet, even from that position of strength, they're recognizing that this, you know, child uh, of AI, Chat B- GPT, could be something that rattles us from top to bottom. So instead of saying, ah, oh, well, you know, we don't have to worry about that, but you know, most other companies should, they're seeing this, as you said you know, this is a potentially something worth sounding the klaxon over and getting after it before, you know, six or eight or 12 months down the road, they say, holy crap, we really misread this. How do we now play catch up? what That's a really, really interesting point. Because
1: what Google can look at and see as a potential threat to the business, and so they sound the klaxon, other very formidable players in that space see it exactly the opposite. Mm-hmm. Here is our chance. Here is an opening. Here's a capability that we can embed in the things that we already do and the products that we already create that will now give us a chance to win in these new spaces and these new segments or win more. And who might I be talking about? Well, Microsoft. Satya mm-hmm. Nadella has already come out and has started to intone things like, oh, Bing? Bing? Maybe Bing starts using ChatGPT in the background. And then even more boldly saying, we are exploring how we embed this kind of capability into all of our products. So now imagine you're using Word. And in your Word document, you're like, you quote something uh, and uh, all of a sudden it manifests the attribution as to who, uh, who said it and when. All that just all of a sudden, a miraculously appears in a bibliography that is being created as you write it. Uh, I, I don't know if that's a good idea, by the way. I'm just thinking out loud. But sure. you get a Microsoft, on the other hand, that says, here's our chance to kind of like use this to get a co- co- competitive edge. Well, Google is looking at it, I think, wisely as well and saying Hey, we got to be careful because the it, it's, it's instantiation is so different. It's so powerful that it could actually undermine what is, I think makes up 70 to 80% of their business, right? Uh, search essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, So it, it all depends. So I like your point. It, it, it depends. Is it, is it a threat? Is it an opportunity? And uh, I've rarely seen a situation where a threat isn't someone's opportunity. Typically, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Christian, you know, um, it wasn't that many years ago, too, that, you know, uh, businesses, the C-suite, the board of directors, you know, they'd they'd create a five-year plan, a seven-year plan, a 10-year plan. Again, I'm not criticizing those, but there was a point at which they would create them. And it's important for all of us to think into the future and be prepared for it and eyeball it as best we can. But to understand that those are not, uh, you know, chiseled in stone here, right? These are, these are Uh, working things meant to be refined, meant to be changed, meant to be updated and enhanced and so forth like that. And I just think for every business leader out there who's looking at this and says, Hey, you know, we didn't really see that on our radar for our next three year plan. We don't have room for that. We're too busy. We're too focused on this. That's outside our, our realm. Um, I, I just think you're right. It would be a huge chance to miss this because it isn't so much about what any one individual company does, but it's about what tens, hundreds of millions of people, perhaps, you know, upwards of a billion or more people around the world start to say, this is how I live my life. And this is how um, I choose to do my work, to play, to entertain, to educate my kids and so on like that. And companies that elect to opt out of that future trend, whatever industry or line of business they happen to be in, I think it's going to, that's going to be a a world of hurt for them.
1: Yeah. And it, it, it'll be a world of hurt uh, for, for some, and, and uh, even the ones that act on it, it, they might act. I'll give you an example. There's a couple of ways to act. You can look at it as, oh, it's just a threat, or you can look at it as an opportunity. What Google's doing is it's a threat. Let's figure out how to turn it into an opportunity. Microsoft, I perceive, is saying, hey, it's an opportunity. Let's figure out how to uh, use it to win in more spaces. Both kind of good sort of thinking about it, uh, good exploration into the capabilities, etc. Now, let's just say there's a university out there, and that university could look at it and go, look, the only thing we got to be concerned about is that students are going to use it to write their papers. So I'm going back to that reference. By the way, again, depending on the topic, it does a pretty good job. I've been using this uh, over the last couple months and, and experimenting with it. And, and so have some of my uh, cohorts uh, as well. However, a university might also go, this is a huge capability to help us create better content, to do more effective research, et cetera, et cetera. So it really... Again, every firm's got to potentially look at maybe the in the case of the university there's an ethical perhaps threat where maybe maybe you'd be afraid students would use it you know maybe they would I mean I, we know they would okay we, do we, we yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding I'm just kidding sure um, but you know uh, but so there might be an ethical thing to think about um. But the do you only look at it as just a threat or do you kind of try and look at that coin and flip it around and see the opportunity in it? Yes. And often we don't do the two things together. And, I, I, and I, that's why I like what I'm seeing with the Google. It's what I like what I've seen with a Microsoft. Uh, I've seen some other examples there. I mean, there's some firms, think about this. Any firm that job is to pull together, assimilate and create insights and perspectives around a mass of data, say research organizations, for example, they better be thinking about this. Yes. And it's not gonna be Chat GPT, it's going to be the next instantiation of it. But what uh-huh. we have, seen, what was re- released into the wild, uh, you know, last, what was it last month? One month before last, um, is one of the most profoundly impactful technologies, I believe, uh, that has been released in my lifetime. Yeah. I, I think it's just the beginning. And of course it didn't really start there, but it's the first instantiation where you go, Oh my God, it's engagement AI. That's what that's- it is. I'm now in, able to engage with AI. I'm comfortable with it. I can use it. Anybody can use it. It it now seems accessible. It seems interesting. It seems effective. And I think the sea change that's going to follow that, that sort of human human insight and experience is the thing that's going to propel this thing forward more than anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Christian, you know, the um, growing up, we had a set of Encyclopedia Britannica's and, you know, I spent, you know, vast numbers of hours with those things. vast sums
1: of money, by the way, you know, you'd buy those things just to have like a whole bookcase of these things delivered on a pallet. And it it was was
0: cheap. Yeah. No, they they were remarkable. Well, with the uh, six of us, I think they got they got put through plenty of use. But there was, you know, clearly a threat of plagiarism there, right? Unless every teacher had memorized, you know, every word and every volume of the Encyclopedia Britannica, how would you know if this student is cheating on some? So I I think that threat's always there in one form or another. But the big thing it gives is, is I think, for, uh, it's a tool that is in the... The toolkit now for people to do things in different ways. Had a fascinating discussion earlier with uh, Christopher Lockhead about some ideas he has on this, right? And um, it is one of those things that's going to shift how we think about who we are, the sort of work we do, the category that's in. But in in many ways, Christian, I think it's really going to impact the value of the output of the work that different people do in different ways, right? So. I think it's going to be a risk to avoid looking at this uh, and that that all of us have to sort of understand, okay, you know, if I ignore it, here's what's likely to happen. If I learn how to use it in the right ways to enhance what I do, here's some other chance. Or maybe people say, I'm going to use this in ways to do things I've never done before. I'm gonna. This is going to take me in a whole new different direction. So there are some risks and uh, pitfalls around it, but I think it provides so many, many more potential benefits for people who are willing to look at it the right way. And if somebody just wants to, uh, you know, hunker down as a student or somebody else says, well, I'll just let this do the work for me. Those people are going to get what they have coming.
1: Yeah, well, you know, we've had conversations about that in the past. I would say uh, in many cases, you know, the, the people will get caught flat footed because they just simply they're so occupied with trying to figure out, you know, how they eat today that they've kind of disregard you know how they're going to live tomorrow kind of thing and and uh, uh you know it, it it's it's normal and uh, but it's sad it's tragic I mean the, you know that you I I personally think these kind of things need to be uh explored this should enter into probably I don't know what percentage of the fortune 500s uh Enterprise risk Matrix but it should be in a, a, a significant uh um uh n- a number of them. Uh, and it's not just like tech space. I, I mean, you know, let's oh yeah, let's yeah. expanding this. So, so it's highly visual, too. I mean, you know, some of the paintings and stuff, I you know, like i'm I'm building a couple uh, additional homes to do some uh, uh, rentals, and I'm thinking, okay, how do I what do I think about the art? And then I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna use AI to help create the art that's highly contextualized with the, you know, I want this kind of house with this kind of style. This number of windows, blah, 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 until it starts turning out stuff that is absolutely spectacular. So now the people that live their lives being content creators are now endangered by something that will, And, and because I can keep adapting it. You know, someone who's a content creator, you know, has to take a thousand pictures, be on site, et cetera. I can just say, well, I had another window. And it, and it adds another window and the resolution on this stuff can be great. It all depends on kind of the stylistic way you look at it, but it's, uh, it's a real threat. Now let's, so we're still in the visual space. What happens now when you start seeing the licensing of deep fakes? Okay. So again, here's these technologies, they're becoming more interactable. What if all of a sudden now, uh, and I, it's because I, I I love his face, I love his voice, but a Morgan Freeman, what mm-hmm. if Morgan Freeman was delivering all the news? It'd be easy, actually, a licensed deep fake. So Morgan Freeman is takes over the spot, or we bring we breathe life back into a, a Walter Cronkite. You know, you negotiate with his estate, uh, you license his uh, uh, image, and now Walter Cronkite is delivering the news. And this stuff is going to happen. Now, what does that potentially disintermediate? That's a, that could disintermediate or, or or disrupt rather everything from like TED talks to uh, you know news shows to you know talk shows uh, you know imagine um you know the view if you will with uh uh you know bringing Barbara Walters back you know and some of these great iconic figures you could you could conceive that happening soon and it's these are very interesting times uh and I and I I don't know any of the things that I'm saying are going to happen uh I do know that there will be some things like those things happening now Yes, and then the the question is, and it always comes back to this for me, when you start putting more and more power into the technology, we started we really got to continue to think about how we think about trust and what we trust yeah. and how we you know provide enough transparency that we know we can trust the thing. I mean, to trust a a, a deep fake Walter Cronkite, it's cool unless he's spewing a bunch of misinformation. Right. And so how do we think about like making sure that whatever we're doing with these advanced technologies, that we're constantly also thinking about how we build trust into the application of them in such a way that we can use them with confidence. And I think that's probably the bigger challenge that firms need to be thinking about.
0: Yeah. Um, since you mentioned a couple of media folks, Christian, I have to um, offer a thought on that. And I was going to say, you know, this this might come across as mean. I don't mean it to be that way, but I have observed uh, uh, quite often over the last handful of years, many people in the media saying, well, you know, we want to eliminate coal. So those coal miners, well, what are they going to do? Well, they just should learn how to code. Uh, Steelworkers, they should just learn how to code. You know, these different people from manufacturers, they should just learn how to write software. Well, now stuff like Jet GPT is going to come up and, you know, obliterate some of the jobs of people in media. Well, I think they should just learn how to go code. Just learn how to go code, right? This is the advice you gave everybody else. It's coming back to you. So um, the ramifications of this with the, you know, you talk about the trust. Uh, I think there'll be some people who say, oh yeah, it's going to change everything. Not what I do, but it's going to change everything else. And everybody else but me should be subject to that change, but not me. Uh, I think people who get into those sort of ivory tower mentalities, boy, God help them because uh, you know these sorts of things start off maybe with isolated pockets of application here or there. But this one, like you said, I, I believe it is the most striking technological development of my lifetime. And um, the ramifications of that are going to be far reaching. I think they're going to hit sooner, much sooner rather than later. And uh, I, I think they're going to... Uh, they're going to force all of us to choose, right? Do we want to be afraid of this, or do we want to ride the opportunity and the potential of it?
1: Yeah, you know, you, you said something I hadn't ever thought about, and I I really like the comment uh, or the notion that um, that like the programmers or or these other folks are potentially very much threatened by the the rise of this particular machine, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, We've done a, a a heck of a job in this country of almost, and and I'll, I'll maybe use kind of strong words here, almost shaming the people that work with their hands, yeah, the trades, you know, the people that build, you know, that it's like, oh, you're not a you're not a white collar worker working in an office writing, you know, software or you know doing, uh, uh, you know, this that or the other thing. And, and all the while, that's because that's where all the opportunity has been. It's been those people that have been disrupting the industries and actually coming up with the capabilities, the techniques, the uh, approaches, processes, and, and technology that have automated so much of what can be done with the physical hand. And now, you know, you say something that makes me think the tide is maybe turning ever so slightly. And now it's all those people that, you know, spent all this time in college that learned how to, you know, write code, for example. I mean, ChatGPT is. Potentially, oh yeah, I'm going to get a bunch of negative comments in the uh, as a result of this. And uh, um, but it has the potential to really put a bite on developers.
0: Yeah, yeah, big time.
1: And, you know, so you know, if all I can do is say I need to instantiate this kind of capability that looks this way, and I can iterate with it, and I can do that. Now, pretty soon, it's actually the designers; it's the interface between the people that are consuming it. And then the people that are creating it now that the, the human is in that discretion area, they're not in the build it, program it, write it. I'm not saying it can do it now, but the corpus of information is big enough and, and will be accessible enough that pretty soon it, it very possibly could. Yes. And then now we see the people that are we, you know, going to school and looking down at our, you know, the great, uh, you know, men and women that uh, you know work in the trades and, and with their hands and whatnot are now all of a sudden going to find their jobs uh, threatened by the most advanced form of automation. And it's, it's an interesting point you make.
0: Yeah. And then there's sort of the, the, the in-betweeners, the professional naggers and critics uh, like so many in the media about it. Anyway, that was a, like I said, it was probably meaner than it needed to be, but I, it's just made me sick. I know sometimes at different meetings, right. I've heard people say this. Well, you know, these these blue collar folks just gonna have to learn how to write software. I said, Have you ever talked to a coal miner? Did you ever know anybody who did that? I said, I grew up among them and steel workers and other things. And uh yeah, Schadenfreude, I think is the uh is the term that could be applied to. But Christian, as we as we sort of wrap up here, if uh among the 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 very cool new things you're doing now is you advise. Uh, C-suites and boards of directors about future things, what would you tell them about, you know, if you're in financial services, for example, or pharmaceutical or, you know, retail, what would you tell them as you go back to your point about Fortune 500 companies should have GPT on their risk profile one way or the other? And I understand it, what would you tell them to look into and how should they be thinking about evaluating that impact?
1: Uh, that's a good question. And, uh, you yeah, I mean, you might catch me a little flat footed in general, uh, in general, whether it's a, a chat GPT or it's a successor, some of the other stuff that's being worked on by like Israeli firms or some really good stuff out there, yeah. by the way, just chat GPT. Okay. So again, uh, we're just using this cause it's the most well-known, uh, example yeah. at the moment. Um, Every one of these organizations has to have, in my opinion, a, a, a sensing capability to be sensing and scanning the landscape of what could potentially be affecting their uh, their organization and uh, create new opportunities for them and or be threats to uh, 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 maybe their existing uh, business lines or business services. Uh, and when you are doing that sensing, you're not just looking at your industry. This is really important. You're looking for analogies you're looking you know across ecosystems I would say everybody should continue to do that chat GPT or whatever you need to have that capability and it needs to be people that are not so wed to the core of your business that they can only see the 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 future in the context of today Mm -hmm. you gotta free the mind if you will to uh, for the organization, your sensing portion of your organization to think more freely than that. And if you had an organization that of of free thinkers that were thinking that way, you could find very, very easily what Chat GPT or, or, or a similar capability could mean to financial services. The implications are significant. How about insurance? Are significant. How about, uh, you know, uh, big tech? We already talked about that. Some could win, some could lose. I mean, uh, manufacturing. Absolutely. Design. Holy cow. Market yeah. analysis. You bet. I mean, this is a thing that could have uh, reaching implications and you need to be thinking about it. You need to have the sensing uh, capability and you need to be open to thinking about how something like a chat GPT might even, uh, it, you know, I might be in something seemingly a state as state as, as the railroad, mm-hmm. rail transportation but that could still affect your business significantly. But you got to think about it maybe a little bit differently than just moving cars down a line.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Christian, thank you for introducing this uh, fascinating subject here for today. And it's, it's wide ranging implications and it isn't just something about, uh, you know, we're going to have to get a little more efficient here or watch our costs over there. This is a profound sort of almost like existential reassessment of, who we as companies are, what we do, the value that we deliver today, and more important, the value we're going to be able to deliver tomorrow. So I, I, I've really enjoyed this. And as always, love your thoughts on it and uh, you know the perspectives you bring.
1: Well, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to be here. And I really enjoy interacting with you and hearing from your audience. So thank you, everybody. Thank you, Bob.
0: All right, Christian, thanks so much, folks. Thanks to all of you here uh, as we move into this uh, exciting new world where generative AI and machine learning tools start to really reshape the world we're in and what we're able to do. It's an exciting time. Hope you're enjoying it. And thanks for being with us.